Ready to roll? We up. Ready to die Good credit. Appreciate y'all. Y'all are great at your jobs, brother. This is all passion. <laughs> passion? It's all passion. We ain't get nobody. All passion. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, look at the get money, dude. Y'all do it for love? What? I do it for love. I'm just fucking with you. I saw you directed. You did it for love because you. It's a whole thing. All right, we ready? All right, Morning Culture is the brand. It's a new segment, brother. It's a new show, whole new thing. More than last, man. We're going around to get the comedians that come in town. We're tired of all these creators and comedians coming in town. They don't have much time. We're going to get them and pop them in right quick and let them know who you, used to be, who you need to be looking at, man. It's all kind of creators and innovators. We got my boy Kamal Secret. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm great, man. Just happy to be here. Another episode of More Than Last. We're going to have to stop calling it new. It's right. just like the fourth episode. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It ain't that new no more. It's not new. It is not. Thank you, Kamal. You know what I'm saying? Production. That's what I'm here for. Boom. All right, man. We have this brother right here, man. Uh, creator, director, fucking comedian. Uh, just all around. He, he makes songs and shit. Like, this motherfucker is just a joy. He was, my <laughs> hey. he, was a, he was my director for two days. <laughs> We got Patrick Cloud in the in the building no more. Hello, man. Oh man. How you doing, brother? Thanks for having me, man. This is so cool. Come on, dog. How, you so call this the layer? This is the layer, man. Shout out to the this Eastside tire. Stoners, man. Stoner like. Brown. I like Eastside it. Eastside Stoners. Eastside Stoners. A safe space for black men to cuss and smoke weed. It's dope. Yeah. Y'all can't see it, but the there's like rafters in here. They're it's really nice. they're really dope. Kind of scary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but exciting. Little danger helps everything. I like you know it's, it's like it's living cool. pepper. On, on the, just, it's cool. Just a sprinkle of just and I'm like sprinkles. by far the smallest nigga in this room right. too. So it keeps you on your toes. Can I have a nice evening with danger sprinkles? <laughs> but Patrick, how do you how do you pick from directing, acting, uh, uh, stand up? What what was your first thing you did? What was your first passion? Oh, um, man, I fell into so many things just because I like trying stuff. So I've always loved stand-up, so I did that first. Um, I did that throughout college. I went to CSUN, and we had, like, an underground arcade that had, like, pizza night, and they did stand-up comedy there. <laughs> Where is that school? CSUN, Cal State Northridge. Okay, cool. It's in Los Angeles, but it's, like, in the Valley. Yeah. I went there for music, but... Um, I uh, I was used to like gigging with like a band and how we would be in the green room talking about songs and like working on songs and stuff. And then um, I fell in love with stand-up because I saw comedians talking about jokes, how musicians talk about songs. So I did stand-up just to like hang out with them and see how that works. Oh, that's hard. Not to really like, I, I never really had like stand-up dreams. <laughs> but I, I like doing it because now I work with a lot of stand-up comedians and I know how to like talk to them and right. I know how to like... It, you know, so brilliant. same with acting. I'm not really an actor, but I took acting classes and I act so I can direct better. Come on, man! Your, your yeah. directing skills, man. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you come in town and, and capture the essence of a city? Because we just finished shooting uh, Kamal's alma mater, actually, Clark Atlanta University. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, I mean, alma mater ish. Yeah, he was up now. Yeah. <laughs> Were you in a fraternity? <laughs> Negative. Right. I was not in a fraternity. Why not? Um, it's just not really my thing. No, no reason. A lot of my good friends are same shit, brother. But it's just it's just wasn't really my scene. I don't like the match niggas. <laughs> like the colorway. Like the colors. That's funny as hell. <laughs> I be saying, um, 
Because I, I was never in a fraternity either. But I also went to a white school. And I think that the whole fun part is to be in a black fraternity. Yeah. And there were black fraternities. Listen, and I'd be man, like, you know you can hang with no, the things without joining. If I went to a white school, I, I might have joined a fraternity. Right. At a white school. Why? A black fraternity. I don't know. Oh, safety? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. But, but yeah, I, I never I never felt the urge. I'd be playing rebel when it comes to fraternity and be like, oh, that, I don't, I, I wouldn't do that. You know, I, it, was, it was money, blah, 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 blah. But no one asked. Yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I remember Rush Week. I remember the, I don't know, with the, the fraternity version of that. They were, they were all out there. No, I don't know. <laughs> like See, I, I, I didn't get the minute. chance to say nah, no. And, and <laughs> Maybe I wanted to say no. At white schools, it's a week. You know I what I'm saying? Week, At I'm black saying. schools, that shit is in an indeterminate amount of time. No, what it is? I know niggas that was online for like six semesters straight. And it's a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> well, motherfuckers disappear. Really though, the the big thing for me that was the main reason that it was no is the hazing. Like I could, they, I was hearing wild shit. Like they'll send you out to get tacos at three a.m. or you, they'll make you get naked and streak across the, or they'll like paddle you. And I'm like, and then you got to be friends with these niggas, like right? I can't. I, nah. That's why I was like, I don't know if I can pay you six hundred dollars and you slap me across. The and then the money, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, shout out to shout out to fraternities and sororities. It's great. I get it, but yeah, cool. I like the dancing. Strolling. I saw Bernie Sanders like too, and I was like, dancing. wow. Hmm? I saw Bernie Sanders that movie. <laughs> Well, they show kind of a little bit. It's like it was like a big. Deal. I'm not the nigga to ask about movies. It was on Netflix. It was called Bernie Sanders. Show. I thought you said Bernie Sanders. Look. No, 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 Bernie Sanders. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. <laughs> HBCU fraternity That's expert. Really stand up comedians. I've never like. This is tight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a handheld mic. <laughs> <laughs> little shit that get people who do productions like what? <laughs> I'm usually under, under the shirt with, with the tape. I'm on stage. Yeah. Shout out to the mic man. I, I, it's funny now because mic dudes walk up, you good? You want me to? I'm like, nah, get here. Nigga. <laughs> 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 when you do TV, they don't care. They get right. The white people don't add. They're just like, it's time to get my hey 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 nigga. I move my titty. <laughs> <laughs> do they ever like oh, ask you to like? Titty. Yeah, they just be like, you know, what do you want it? <laughs> Pause. <laughs> so, like, how do you? How do you? <laughs> oh, I never asked. Answer your question, huh? Yeah, you did, but it's fine. The question was, how do you capture how do you a city? Capture the like. How do you capture somebody's like town and their school? Like, people hold that shit sacred. Like, I don't know when you find out it is a big deal. Like, when mm-hmm. the, the alumni don't play, they don't fuck around. Yeah. So. Um. I had a um. I was lucky enough to. Ha- <laughs> God, I just love how Ronnie asks <laughs> questions <laughs> and does opportunity. He's about to do it again, but he caught himself. Oh, yeah. It was a good job. Good I job. Noticed. I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but um, I would just say that you know. I was lucky enough to um, direct a bunch of shows that kind of like taught me authenticity, and um, I feel like being a being a good director is kind of like getting letting letting it's it's letting people do their own thing. You know, a lot of directors are like they think like, "Oh, I'm directing, so I have to like you know I have to like control everything and tell people what to do." And 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 it's like you don't they don't really let people do what they they do. It's not really collaborative. So when I got to do things like uh, roast me. 
which was essentially like, um, you know, just kind of like a, my whole thing is nostalgia. Everything, everything I do has to do with nostalgia in some way. So when I thought of like people getting roasted in class, people getting roasted in lunch tables, um, I knew that uh, it, there wasn't, you, there was not a strict format that you can follow and be, and be uh, authentic. You have to just set the scene for them to do their own thing and then step out the way. So that's basically what we did out here. You know, we learned about the culture. We came out here early and, and, and looked at it and did our own tours and our own research. Uh, my producer, Denzel Lee extraordinaire, is over there in the corner. He set up everything. Um, so we basically got to see what it was at first. And then we got to, you know, cast the people we thought were perfect for it and let them do their own thing. That's, that's when people are like, oh, it's so authentic. It's like, yeah, because I didn't be like, you say this and then do this and then we do this and then we do this. You kind of just let it go. So, yeah. I, like I was watching, man. I was like, oh, he know the, he, oh, he directed, directed. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you know sometimes you're like, people like pull up and shoot. You know, it's like, nah, they got a plan. They got, they got shots they got to get. So, like, how do you do, what do you, what, how do you adjust when shit don't go as planned as we saw? Like some stuff happened, but you didn't panic. You were just like, right, <laughs> let's, let's do it this way. Or, you know what I'm saying? Well, luckily, me and DZ are from the burials of the internet. <laughs> like all deaf is, we consider that like the slums of production. So <laughs> seriously, like... We've had. Now, y'all are like. No, 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 no. Now, but like, we still haven't even gotten out of that mind state. Like, we we used to shoot in a garage on a main street where we had to hold for trucks and yeah, yeah, just like no budget, doing a million things at once. So, but that expands your skill set, though. Absolutely, absolutely, because we had um, people that we worked with that went to big schools and big production schools in Hollywood. And got these big, like, fancy degrees and stuff. And they didn't know how to do a set without a trailer on, you know, without the money for all these crazy things. They were, they didn't know how to do that. What? No crafty. And that's where we were. It's like, it's like how Bane be like, you know, I was born in the darkness and shit. (laughs) We were like, that's how we started. So anything, anything, you know, that goes relatively right, we're, we're, we're okay. And so I think that it's, it's really just about remaining loose. I'm a plan Z type of person. So I, I basically, the show that we shot, I formatted in a way where if we had to cut a scene or trim something or anything, it would, I can, no one would notice, you know, it wouldn't, it's nothing that was like straightforward because I knew that we would, um, we, I knew we might fall into problems, you know? Like, uh, the best thing that someone ever told me is that, like, <laughs> when I used to be, when I first started producing, I would be, like, bright-eyed and bushy-eyed. I'd wake up in the morning, I'd be like, I hope everything goes perfectly, you know? And then when one thing goes wrong, you just, you're, the We're script's out the window. <laughs> but I always budget, like, 30%, like, chaos. <laughs> so um, when it comes to, like, Something, you know, I'll, I'll format it ahead of time, so the format was already working. But then after things kind of went shaky on the, um, the scout, the night before the, the first shoot, I pretty much reformatted the whole thing to, um, remember the voiceovers that we did? Yeah. That, wasn't, that was supposed to be a little bit different. I pretty much made that the connecting tissue throughout the whole show, so that if anything was replaced, it was, we, we, it, we didn't, wouldn't need a show, we would need a voice. So it was really just like planning ahead and just like being loose. That's dope. Could yeah. you talk about like how Roast Me started? Because I heard it was just like 
in the break room at All Deaf or something like. Um, that was cool as hell. Huh? That was real dope. You gotta. They offered me a lighter, but I wanted. To. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted this. Light them if you got them. Shit. Um, so, roast me. Um, <laughs> roast me started because we have um, the 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 stars of the channel at the time were the really f- funny comedians Teddy Ray and Doughboy, and their dynamic was roasting. Right, they always made fun of each other. It always made the whole office laugh. So that was like my first demo. Like, oh, the white editors are. I always tested things on the editors because they were like the only white people in the building. So if they <laughs> if they laughed, it was like, oh, this is funny. <laughs> um, so I always got a big reaction to hear more than join the cast and he was he was from St. Louis so he was roasting them and then we started filming it and like these little clips started going viral we did like and then we then we, Tony Hinchcliffe came through and roasted everybody and that went viral and then I did like an old people roast for the first time we were really like in the roast because it was just like it was just getting popular on the channel and then our CEO at the time uh, said okay we need a roast series and I'm talking to these people that want, are interested in game shows, so we need a game show series. So I was like, all right, what about a roasting game show? I'll knock two birds out with one stone. Yeah. And my, the first thing I made was whack as hell. It was like a game show, so it was like a rotating spin, spit, like, oh, a, you know shit. what I mean? It was like spinning, and... Uh, it was funny, though. I liked it. You basically had to wait your turn like, with the roast hand for, some, for structure, right? Because it's hard right. to make a game. And they call on you, and then you throw out a joke, and it maybe works, maybe doesn't. Uh, so we did that, and that was my first big production. They gave me $35,000 uh, for a budget, and I thought that was like, oh, I could do anything. And I was producing and directing, so I had to do everything. I had to book this, the studio. It was like this old nuts and bolts factory. Um, I, 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 set up a, I, I set up a meeting with the set designers and designed this ugly set. Oh, my God, it looked like Doritos in the back, but it was like we were supposed to be in hell, right? <laughs> um, then, you know, I booked it for three days. For some reason, the ACs were broken just on those three days, and it just so happened to be 90 degrees those three days, but every other day was 60, 70. Oh, man. Um, so it was a hot, sweaty. I went to the Home Depot with the set designers, picked out the wood. I spent the day there building the set with them. The second day was cameras. We got them in. They marked off all the, the cameras. And then the third day, we had to shoot nine episodes in one day because that's how many episodes I had to stretch it to make the budget work, Right. So my dumbass was like, all right, it's hot, sweaty, 98 degrees. Let me f- try to force these niggas to be funny for nine episodes straight, right? Jesus. And Jesus. I didn't know anything because I had to do everything. So I had to pick up all the camera equipment. I had to pick up all the stuff, drop it off. I had to um, f- deal with Crafty, which I realized I was trash at. I was so bad at Crafty, the camera team walked out on me. And went and got breakfast burritos and just charged it to the car. The most disrespectful <laughs> shit. Right. <I've laughs> well, you vegan, Patrick, so motherfuckers don't be wanting that shit. So I was, it, it was deserved, but I'll never work with them niggas again. <laughs> it's real beef right here. Um, burritos? <laughs> but get this. Imagine I invite you. You have nine episodes that day. It's hot as hell. And like I'm, I'm being a warlord. I'm not letting anybody laugh on set. If anybody laughs, I'm like, shut up. And... It, everybody's sweating and I'm just like alright keep going until the next big laugh and it was just like nigga it was just horrible and it was it was bad man like I was I packed up the truck I had to return everything that night and I fucking cried I was I was broke because I, I put everything into it I was like nigga this shit is whack yeah. 
So I was just like, man, my first big chance busted. And what was cool about it was we had to, it was, it was a big production, so I had, to, I had to market it, right? So the marketing of it, it was we just got all the best roasters from the season, put them in the break room. I went live on my phone, and I put the hot seat over here, and I just let them go. And I was just kind of catching everything. And everybody was like, what's this? This is tight, right? And we were getting like maybe like 100K every time um, we went live. It was 100,000 people watching y'all on live? 100,000 views, not 100,000 people. Okay. It's not usually... This is on Facebook at the time? Facebook Live, yeah. And that was like a big push for us. Facebook Live first kind of job, right? Yep. So that, that same year, we got into gaming that same way. Um, but with, uh, with Roast Me, um, everybody was like, this is dope. So we had a whole summer of promoting this shit. And then the first episode dropped and everybody was like... This is, <laughs> this is not the break. What Where's is this? Other shit? But luckily, my, my marketing did so well. The first episode did maybe five hundred thousand views. So it was it wasn't enough. It was still good enough for them to be like, you know. Right. But as the episodes went along, they're like, this is too much. And I and that and I learned in the marketing that the loose, I, I, I was basically just chipping away at the rules. And then it became, you know, long story short, the next season we were in the break room. And then the next season was the classroom. That's when I built the class. And that's when it really opened up because the, the, um, it was more, it was structured. It was chaos, but it was structured chaos. And um, then we had like highlight clips. That's what really did it. We had, we didn't have like, our episodes were like 20 minutes. Nothing 20 minutes long goes viral. But it was the clips that were doing crazy millions on on Facebook, and then, yeah, just from there, we, we kind of grew it, and the, the rules from the first one were dead immediately. That's dope. So what, what do you have you learned from doing that first roast me to that when we finally got to Atlanta? Because, you know, when y'all got here, we was, like, ready. It was like, oh, shit. You know, we was excited, but it's another format for us. But, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure you had production down packed by the time you got here, right? No. No, 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 no. But I think that's why I'm a good director because technically, I didn't go to school. I'm not about to sit there and argue with the cinematographer who knows everything about a camera about what's the best composition of the shot. You know, right. I lean into what people do best. You know, I'm not going to argue with you about a joke. You know, that's why we got you. So I think it was me being able, and I, I, I'm, I'm really like, able, I'm willing to learn. Like my first time on set. I've had every job on set. I started as a PA, I did light, I did sound, I did everything. So my first time on set as a PA, I didn't know any of the terms. The director was like, go get a Kino and a Stinger. And I was like, bet. And I would walk five steps in Google. And I'd be like, this nigga did not mean an extension cord. There's no way. <laughs> but I was literally like learning like that. So I came into it really humble as opposed to somebody who came straight out of school and they're like, nah, I deserve to be doing this, 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 and this. Right, right. So when it comes to... What we're shooting this last three days, I should not have, we should not be shooting this. Like with Hyundai, we should be shooting something that we shot a million times. But me and, me and Denzel uh, rolled the dice on the last two Hyundai campaigns, which are our biggest one ever. It was, we never did any of those before. We're just doing new stuff on somebody else's dollar. That's the best way to try that's shit out. Right, right. but I mean, if it fails, it's not gonna fail. We're, yeah, but no, no, absolutely not. But I mean, it, it it's better than, I don't know. 
I don't know. We, uh, you, you've, you've been to dad jokes. You, you've been on dad jokes. It's very, um, at this point, it's very mechanical. We've got it so far down. Like, it's, it's people mechanical. Watch it, the people are only, like, it's something different to do something for the first time, and then it's something different to watch it for a couple of years and then just jump on there. You know what I'm saying? It's right. Like, but it's like, out. it's also like dad jokes. Very, very inexpensive show, which is why we got to keep doing it. So if you, if you think of it like this, it's, it costs this table, these mics, and y'all. Right. And the camera, you know? So. You could have a, a brand deal for ten thousand dollars. You could have a brand deal for three hundred thousand dollars, but it would still be this. So if you if you telling me like, all right, brand deal for ten k, dad jokes, and then brand deal for three hundred k, dad jokes. It's like, can I do can I do something cool? Like, because we're not seeing that three hundred k. It's the company. So can we at least use that money to make something cooler and more challenging? So. I think that's really what it is. We're just if the brand deals get bigger, we just want to prove we can do bigger stuff. That's dope. That's yeah. Dope. How do you manage like having the talent as your friends and stuff like that? And you know, you know, talent. We like we want more money. We want this. We want that. We want. And then you, you're talent too. So like you can roast better than a lot of these motherfuckers. So like, do you roast niggas when they want more money? Like, shit. Do you? <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I try to. It, it's rough because it's not my company, so it's like I've I've um, I don't really fall out with comedians, but it's like if, if I'm because I've always been just creative, so it's like I don't I don't I'm not in charge of the money, so it's like I just want people to be on and be good and have this shit do well. So there have been issues where like you know people have put in a lot of work in in the company. And, des- and think they deserve more money, and either they go up to the higher ups and it doesn't happen, or it does happen, but then our budgets can't afford them on the regular like they used to. Um, so they'll kind of like stop working with all deaf, or just have a bad taste in their mouth with all deaf, and they don't necessarily hate me, but I'm kind of just caught in the middle of it. So that happens a lot, and I think that um, I don't know. I try. I, I just try to be cool about it, but at the end of the day, like, um, in as a as a director and, and as a producer, you just got to think of it different. You know, I feel like you can't just be out here just hoping everybody's gonna be like super friendly and super super cool with you because this it, it comes it comes with a, a lot. And there's it's, it's kind of cool because there are newer producers on All Def who would call me and. Um, ask the same question, how to, how to manage that, because they would maybe go from a position where they were talent, and they saw people talent to talent, but then when they, um, when they became a producer, the relationship changed in certain ways, and it's, things started acting a little bit different. And I get it, because you're in charge of somebody's you know, uh, potential livelihood. You know? Not in charge, but you can help. Or, or you know? right. So, it's... It's hard to manage. I will admit that in my earlier days, I, I was like trying to be friends with everybody because I thought that's how, that was how it, how it worked. Right. Um, but it ain't. <laughs> you know my producer technique, like if somebody wants some more money because you know, you know y'all want me to produce some stuff, I'll be like, that's how they got my boy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the my boy. <laughs> you gotta it ain't what you said. It's you the my boy. That's the part that makes you want to be like, oh, this nigga's telling the truth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they really ain't really paying me like that for you. <laughs> that was a big part of that was a big part of early all deaf too. Everybody thought that they was they was they was getting whatever, and I was getting crazy amounts. Especially right. when when roast me went behind a paywall. 
Niggas thought I made that decision and this shit was oh, going to my PayPal. Niggas thought this shit was going to my PayPal. Like nigga, what? Y'all made some foes up. That was not my that was not my idea. I wanted it to be free. Man, dope. Shit. Well, I'm glad we gonna do shit and uh, you know. Yeah. But shit, man, I, I appreciate you, bro. Cause look, you, you, the shit I had to see you go through. I, I, I don't know how you protect your mentals. How you protect your mental health, bro? Cause I can't. I don't like to talk to that many adults about shit all the time. You see what I'm saying? Um. I actually just started talking about this a lot. Um. Because I think it's actually pretty important. Um. I feel like when in us in the entertainment industry, it's kind of like we always we always stressed out about like what we got to be doing. Especially if you freelance, it's like what are we doing next, what are we working on, type of shit. And I feel like we don't really let ourselves relax. And when we do, we be like mean as hell to ourselves. We be like watching Netflix, just trying to watch something. And, we, and the whole time in your head, you like, why you ain't doing this? Why you ain't doing that? You slipping on this? Blah blah blah. You ain't done this yet. And we just be like hella aggressive towards each other, ourselves. So I've just learned how to kind of like let myself relax, even if it's like horrifying, <laughs> you know, like I'll be like, man, this like video, it's like video games, catching up on certain shows and like maybe music. I'll just like let myself do that and not, Dude. not punish myself for fucking resetting. Cause I think that's more important than working yourself. Cause the other thing is that if you just keep working yourself too much, you'll, Content is going to suffer in any some way, you know. Right. So you might as well take the reset. Because it looks like you're doing a lot of shit. Because your your Instagram never lacks. Your Twitter, all that shit is in line, and then you're doing all this other shit. So I'm like, motherfuckers asked me three times about the same video. I'd be like, bro, I don't want to do that shit no more, dog. Like, you know, what I'm saying? We're, we need more of these. I'd be like, dog, I'm, you know. So how do you keep up with all that shit? You got a lot of shit. Um. I'm not really organized, honestly. Like, I, I low-key, like, I don't know. It's like falling downstairs while juggling. Like, you kind of just, like, trying to... Don't die. You know what I mean? It's just, you're, you're, it's happening right now, but I fall immediately. So, like, you know, for instance, um, there are, I, I categorize things and shit that I have to do, you know, where there's a consequence if I don't do it. Things that I have to do, but there's not a consequence and things that I just kind of, like, feel like. You know what I mean? Like, what I have to do is, like, you know, like, the stuff for All Deaf, you know, the the turning in director notes and edits and stuff like that, podcasts that are due every single week. You have to perform every single week. And then there's stuff that you, like, have to do, but you don't, like, have to do, like, YouTube videos and stuff that's, like, actually my primary uh, source of income, like, like, videos and stuff. And, but it's, like, if I don't have a video go up, it's, like, it's not a consequence, but it's still you have to because that's right. you have to keep it up. And that's stuff that like I feel like doing, like Twitch streaming or music. Like that's stuff that makes money, but it's like it's kind of just like more of a thing. Like I'm not gonna do music if I don't feel like it, and I'm not gonna stream if I don't feel like it. So I think it's just kind of like separating separating those things. But I still slip. Like I have a merch line, and then I'll look up and be like, oh shit, I haven't promoted in two weeks, you know, right. because I was doing all this other stuff. So. It's it's really just like finding the flow because at this point I like doing so many of these things that I'll just do them naturally, you know. But I'm not very organized at all. That's dope, man. I'm, um, yeah, man. I'm, I, I just sit back and watch. Like, how the fuck does he do all this shit and still do his own stuff? So it's amazing. It's fun though. 
It's fun. I, it helps that I'm behind the camera too. You, you don't have no kids, do you? No. Okay, cool. Yeah, that helps. That shit dead, my boy. You <laughs> had a baby. That shit dead, my boy. <laughs> shit changes everything. <laughs> as soon as you get that baby, boy, you out of here. You are gonna be like, I'm a director. <laughs> I honestly, um, um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really see that. Um, uh, fitting in the, my schedule with all this other stuff, but I, I mean, people do it. Money, Kamal, you hear me? <laughs> the niggas who don't want kids and a wife be like, man, it's freedom. <laughs> but for what? <laughs> <laughs> Marriage is like the worst contract ever. <laughs> Look at the two married niggas' faces. Yeah. <laughs> Marriage is amazing. Man. It's great. It is lovely. It's a lovely union. It needs to be. It's, it's contract that needs to be updated. I told somebody that shit today. I was like, I said, honestly, you could just live with a motherfucker the whole time if you want to be with somebody. Like, well, side shit, you could have just. I was just on a podcast talking about how marriage started as a um, started with like like a business thing, you know, like like families would marry the people off to like stay in royalty or right. or get land and shit. And then, like, somehow we crammed love into that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's like, I asked, um, like, uh, if, if marriage is pretty much a contract that was written a long-ass time ago that never got, like, its iOS update. So, like, if you think of it as, like, a, like a business, like, would you sign, a, like, a, an acting deal or a stand-up deal that was written in, like, the 1600s? <laughs> <laughs> or would you be like, yeah, we need to update some of these terms. <laughs> Lots, some things have changed. <laughs> y'all both, y'all both married. I don't know. How I'm, uh, I don't know. How I'm, I'm trying to like <laughs> get. I'm trying to get y'all on my side or something. <laughs> it's, been, it's been great talking to Pat. Really, <laughs> my bad. Pretty locked in. I'm just fucking with you, dog. But shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Was, what games you on right now? What's, what's, what games you playing? <laughs> 